Headset's getting That's real me. quiet. That's okay, me. you're number three. Let me mark. Let me mark these. Let me tape these. Whose headset is getting real quiet right now? Anybody's? Mine. Mine. Okay, you're number two. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Tim, I'm gonna turn you way up. Sure, jack it up. Just because I know you have a hard time listening. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the start. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is this our first think, married couple on Probably Science? I think it is. Are we are we rolling? Why not? Sure, that was the start. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Probably <laughs> Science, everyone. I'm Matt Kirshen. There's Andy Wood. Hello. We have a, a married couple. Comedy power. <laughs> I, I think it's the first time I'd have to go back. It's been five years. It's possible. I, yeah, I don't think so. I think we've had we've we've definitely had a soon-to-be married couple on the show. That was uh uh, Emily Meyer Mills. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Christian Duguay, mm-hmm. who recently got engaged. Congratulations, both of you. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Good memory. But congratulations for a while ago. <laughs> What's the yeah. statute of limitations yeah. on a? A year for after the for the gift after the the wedding, you get a year to um, give a card or a gift. Okay. How long after a baby's born? Because I'm I'm way behind on some friends' babies mm-hmm. things. High school. I don't know that. I think. <laughs> yeah, we've. That's a good one. Maybe we... I gotta get on that. Those are the, the voices of Mary Mack and Tim Hunston. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comedy power couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are the types of hard-hitting science questions we were expecting on this show, and we what? still didn't prepare. I knew this was a perfect match, because as soon as you got in here, you started fiddling with knobs over there on the I equipment. Know. I need to have access to all the knobs. Okay. Do you want to just do a little uh, sound check here on uh, who's mic number one? We got Matt. Can I affect anything for you? Uh, you can, can but it's probably effect. best not to. We haven't listen. We haven't touched the effects button in like three oh. years on this mixer. Wait, which one is the effects button? Oh, if you right turn here. up that knob the and then and have this set, there's a hundred different effects over Guys, here. Guys, I used to one, run, two, hello, hello. I used to do sound in a barn. Now I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> sound I in a barn. Was this a barn that was having performances, or was this just generally a barn? <laughs> it's a hobby. Let me take the British out of your voice. Let's see what button is that. Matt, start oh. talking again. Uh, hello, hello. I don't think anything is changing in any way. Let's change Wait, this. Let's Wait, up. let's try effect number 78. 78 it is. We got the effect, effect 78. all the way up. There it is. This is not... Oh, there we go. Oh, hello. All right. <laughs> I stand down. Oh, my God. There's 20 of them. That's, that's, there's 20 minutes. Yeah, there's still no effect. I've yeah, just been joined by 20 of my friends. <laughs> How about this? What's this do? My ni- <laughs> My 19 twin brothers. Twin brothers. Twin brothers. Whoa. Whoa. Here, well, put that on me. Wait. You want that uh, one? That's my job. What, what number all, are you? All, what all, mic am all, I? This will never get old. Get old. I'm, num- I'm mic, num- number, mic two. number two. Check number one. <laughs> it's surprising we don't do this on every show. I can hear listeners unsubscribing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unsubscribing, subscribing, 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 subscribing. Sorry. All right, let's get rid of that now. Hey, Mary. It's down. Mary and Tim, we'd like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. Sure. What, What if anything, is your background in science? Uh, I, and it doesn't have to be anything specific. We've had everything from full degrees to just I like to blow things up in the woods when I was a kid to I had a teacher that I liked or a teacher that I hated or one particular class that I liked or hated. Well, mine's pretty good, so you should go first, Tim. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I like rocketry growing up. That was kind okay. of a hobby. Right. I would make the, uh, the rockets and then I would uh, take the rocket motors and try to make attach them to different other things and try to make my own rockets oh. and uh, what, what were the rocket what was the propulsion system in these rockets well i don't know if they had these in the uk but they were like little they look like little lipstick you know you know what yeah, i'm talking like, about right? i think they're kind of the size of like a roll of quarters yeah like a roll of like, pennies maybe and yeah. and they would have a little uh, igniter on them and you would put them in by a rocket at the hobby store and put it um go out to a field or your you know your high school football field or whatever and you'd and the, the, the rockets came in various sizes and different states 
stages you could put a frog in it. Well, that, we talked cricket. about that in a previous episode. I said there was a payload compartment which had expressly yeah. said, don't put living <laughs> things in the payload. Yeah. What else is it for if not a living thing? Yeah. <laughs> so basically it's saying you put whatever you want in here because kids are going to do it. And we, yeah. we put like crickets and and um, what else? We tried to launch all sorts of stuff into space. And then if, if you... If by you, the way, by into space, you mean into yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. yeah, 100 feet in the air. 10 to 15 <laughs> stories. Very low Earth orbit. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's about it. I mean, that you know, that... And then I would try to make my own motors. I would like take a battery and I would wrap it in copper wire. Do you, do you oh, want to do that? Yeah. And try to like heat up a thing and... Wait, that, why do you have to heat up a thing? I, it, well, it would get like super hot and that and, and it would just because you're conducting both sides of the battery. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, I thought you meant trying to make a motor. Out well, of- yeah, and then I would try to like make a, 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 a motor that would start remotely and, um, just, you know, I was just tinkering a lot why with rockets. Why do you do that more at home? Like, why can't you do some of that? Tinkering? Yeah, like inventing stuff. Well, like, I feel like we could use two garage clickers. <laughs> I mean, why can't it just do, make that happen? We could have a rocket-propelled garage? garage door so it went up really fast. So pay full Tim, price is that, for the is factory that? For, the first, for the first unit and then just make yeah. it a second. Only a fool goes back to the manufacturer <laughs> for a second. Hey, Tim, is that is that a frog operating your door? <laughs> yeah, do I... Where are it's there dead space frogs frog. all over the garage? Yeah, this frog can you, can go up to a thousand feet and still operate a garage <laughs> door. <laughs> well, they do have those frogs you can set out on your doorstep, and they have like sensors in them. And when people walk by, they crick, they note, they sort of rib it. They, they rib it. I was gonna say they crick it, but they rib it. Rib yeah, it. yeah. So the training process great? for those frogs must be exhaustive oh. right? <laughs> to get them to obey that well. Right? Yeah. Wait a second, Andy. Are the- you joking? <laughs> Does my joking deserve some effects? I see you twiddling some. I, I was like, oh, I'm too tired to project my voice. I just need to turn myself up a little bit. Oh, I thought you were going to give yourself uh, some echo. You also, no, these are cheap microphones bit. that you need to stay quite tight on. Yeah, I can't. Little little tip though to any listener who's also a podcaster, if you just do a little compression and audacity afterwards, kind of makes up for everything. So this everyone's going to be about the good same level. Yeah, I didn't know they still made audacity anymore. Oh yeah, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the cheapest, and by cheapest I mean free. And, yeah, uh, it's I used pretty, to love that program. Pretty versatile. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should uh, mention that you are a classically trained musician. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, I'm so rusty, and I get real sad about it. Um, but uh, I, that's all I have to say about what, that. What are your various instruments? My my instrument, main instrument was clarinet, and that and then um, um, I would get work playing pit orchestra gigs. You know, I my last school was in Nashville, and then I would get fun jobs like doing fiddler on the roof, and do, like I do like double, which means you play like three or four instruments. So I do the clarinet sax flute and all but so i do like the woodwind doubling and i loved i just loved it but what, I, what do you mean by doubling i somehow just got in, into this like a so, f- few on the same show well yeah you so you sit down there and like they're they don't want to hire like everybody in the world so you your pit orchestra arrangements for musicals are you know all of a sudden in two measures you got to play flute not clarinet anymore you got to hurry up and switch to so that way you can they can have a smaller orchestra in, in a small space because okay. it's a small space too but there's never times when they need both the parts happening concurrently that so, often or? you know what there's usually one of each uh not it's not as big as a regular orchestra but um they will just have other people double on it as well. It's pretty amazing oh. the math that goes into orchestrating a musical because they're like, well, this guy's not doing anything right now. Put him on. Oh. Yeah. Or, you, you know, it's... Like this guy can hit a timpani. Yeah. They can have this it, uh, yeah. flautist pick up All right. Yeah, really all right, cool. you got 15 minutes. Make popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that should be written in. Oh, I'm, yeah. I turned myself up too yeah. loud. As, as, oh, a, as a former trombonist, I know well oh. that, that most uh, most of orchestral tromboning is, is counting rests and that's a that's a hard yeah. thing after like two hundred measures, and then like <laughs> and then like the right. thirty seconds of illustrating when someone's comedically bending over. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a slide whistle. That's different. Well, I think you can do both. It, de- 
I would say it depends on the girth of the person bending yeah. over. If they're extra frumpy, then I, yeah, yeah, of course. I'd say a thinner person bending over, you want a slide whistle, but if someone has some heft to them, yeah. then you definitely want the trombone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I we had a we had a uh, tuba at our wedding play. Uh, we we did. What was the song? Uh, well, Mendelssohn was the, uh, the one first. First, I he I had him play charge. Da, 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 when mm-hmm. I started to walk down the the path because it was outside, and then I had him play the wedding march. Yeah, in full and tuba. I just a slept. solo tuba. Solo yeah, tuba. Solo tuba. Solo tuba. But we also had a tunnel of accordions that you had to walk through. <laughs> So um, along the path for the guests, they had to walk through like four different accordionists. Be- in, in, <laughs> like um, it was sort of like a mi- like a, a ca- like an obstacle course. Can you get past the accordion? Yeah, yes. <laughs> but but it was like Grandma's Marathon in Duluth used to have accordions every so many um, mi- like an accordion station every mile they'd have to pass, which is like hard enough to run twenty six miles, and then they're like Jesus. They put in a. You gotta listen to this every mile. It's like you don't even want to make it to the next mile half the time. Is there a legacy it's, to like? Is it the German influence in Minnesota, or what's the? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a po- the Polish people too, and and really in Duluth Superior, Superior has the largest collection of accordions in the world. Oh. Um, but it's a by appointment only, even though they call it an art center. What? Come yeah, on. seriously. And the lady who used to run it, her name's. Melanie Harrington, and I don't want to brag, but my mom almost got me a job there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, uh, even people like My- Myron Florin would sure. would go there, and like Helene would re- do Myron. repairs. I had Helene do a little repair on a concertina one time. Um, and so you can uh, play accordion also. No, I can't. Oh. I just broke one once, oh. <laughs> and I needed it fixed. Well, the concertinas are easier though, right? They're the little the, octagonal the, things. No, yeah, just you're good. I know a little music stuff. Yeah, but but can I bring up something yes. that has to do with what Tim was talking about? Yes. Is it actually called rocketry? Is that I think, like, so. I think that's a legitimate yeah. term. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And I think I've heard. I've definitely heard rocketry before. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, but rocketry would rocket science would sort of indicate a, like a, a, a hobby, maybe. Okay. And if you were a scientist, rocket scientist, you probably wouldn't say I'm into rocketry. Yeah, You'd I'm trying pr- to picture whether someone at JPL would be, if asked at a bar, what they do. If he would say rocketry or rocket yeah. science or uh, rocketology, rock, maybe rocketry, rockology, rocket. Uh, hey Mary, what was your what was your science background that you were holding off sharing until uh, Tim got his out? Yeah, well, I actually got a math and science scholarship. I think it was from the army, mm. um, but I didn't go to the army. I think they just <laughs> wanted to encourage. She never people. showed up. She she took the scholarship, but <laughs> never showed up. Yeah, no, I got just a small scholarship for math and science from them. So, hang on, how does that happen? How does the how did the army discover you? Um. Well, I guess maybe it was just for rural towns in Wisconsin to okay. be like you can do it or something like that. So whoever had the like the highest accumulate accumulative grades in math and science combined in their class got an award or something. Yeah, I think the local recruiting offices had some liberty to dispense scholarships yeah. and yeah. it's probably a way of just keeping With up no there. kind of like yeah. and we'd love it if you'd also come fight for our military yeah. or <laughs> no but i got recruited to play clarinet in, in uh, oh, okay, at west point need... at west point wow. and, and okay yeah but I, I didn't want to do it i didn't is there still you have to fight can i ask a dumb question are there still I know there are still like military bands in terms of like for, for presentation whatever you call like uh, things yeah, like yeah, yeah. what am I trying to say uh, but like right. is there any context in which a person is in the military and in a band and like close to a combat zone yeah. obviously there's no like fights and bugles at the fr- but like it, even it's like, to, is it to like enter- entertain the troops is there ever that or is that only yeah. yeah, there are some jazz bands that do entertain the troops, but then those formal. But they aren't enlisted. Those are people who are go. Or are they? They're enlisted. Oh, yeah, okay. you can be enlisted. That the they have an amazing. I think it's the Army Jazz Band. I'm not sure because there's also Air Force Band, but one of the branches has a really amazing jazz ensemble. Mm. But um, I I remember when uh, gosh was it after 9/11. 
we the I had a polka band, you know, and our trombonist was in the Army Reserve mm-hmm. or, or National Guard or whatever, and and he was so close to having to go mm. into the Middle East, and we're like, what's he gonna do? Like, we didn't. He was know. just good at trombone. Like, he had to go through basic training and all that or whatever, but I was like, you gotta like you're going to protect us? Like, he can't even hardly see out of one eye. And I was, I, I mean, like, Hopefully serious. the left one's kind of blocked by the trombone bell, so that he's just using the... That, that valve threw his eyes off. His trombone yeah. had a scope on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it could happen. You could, yeah. you could, you go through basic if you're full-time. You get, well. but you're, when you get out of basic and you're in the band, you're an officer. So you oh. get to skip some but of the But the band stuff. lets you skip Get, lets you get a higher rank just because you're in band? Yeah, I don't know how why that works like that. Wow, that's uh, the exact opposite of high school where there was zero status yeah. afforded to members yeah. of the marching band. So like band. the more instruments you can play, the more soldiers you can lead into war. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the more tactical <laughs> decisions you can yes. make on the right. battlefield. She's got grade eight on the violin. <laughs> yes. uh, piccolo and flute are two different instruments? Stand yeah. down, Sergeant. Yeah. Stand down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the suitcase with the numbers. Yeah, right, right. Well, the one, the one, um, there's one comedian that we both know and have seen a million times who has the great joke about how, you know, in the Civil War and stuff, they have the band play, so you know they're coming. You know what I mean? Like, you got the piccolo (laughs) and the drum. I forget which comedian does this joke, but it's so great. Is it Hansberger? I don't remember who it is. I can't remember who does this joke, but... It's so funny. Friend of the show, David Hunsberger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Multi- who's going on tour, by the way, soon. Oh, I think we're going to have him on in the next month or I so. I think so, right? but either way, if we can't work out the logistics, plug for David Hunsberger, go and see him when he's in your town. Yeah, mm. yeah. I get another question yes. referring to what Tim talked about earlier. Yes. Um, I was wondering, um, are rockets illegal in... City London, oh. like in the UK, because since they're more strict, you know, they're stricter on guns there. And I, I don't like, know, because you can't sort of hold up a like a department store with a rocket, or at least you can't but, really. But then again, but you could what you could make a mess with one of them. But yeah. but I wonder if it's illegal to buy bulk quantities of rocket, of model rocket engines. Well, I don't I know because probably- we have. We have much stricter rules th- than you when it comes to guns and other weaponry, mm-hmm. but we have much laxer rules when it comes to fireworks. Oh, I didn't know that. See, like, I you can buy fireworks ask. pretty much. Wow. You can really? buy fire- fireworks tend to be sold most at a couple of times a year, like around New Year's and around November the 5th, which is when we commemorate the failed uh, plot to blow up the Houses <laughs> so of Parliament weird. centuries ago by mm-hmm. Catholic uh, rebels. But, um by weirdly burning an effigy of one of the, not even the ringleader, but the, just the guy who got caught first. Uh, wow. Oh, really? He's like, yeah. When can we Guy go? Fawkes was not the ringleader of the plot. He was just like the guy who was, I think, guarding the barrels or something. Like He was like... Oh, so you draw a picture of him and burn him? Uh, not draw a picture, like make an effigy, like make an actual... But it doesn't even look like... It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't look like what Guy Fawkes did from paintings. It's just like... It's oh, basically really? uh, what clothes you can get from the ju- junkyard or you don't need anymore. Stuff with some stuff. People don't even really do the guy the guy that much anymore. And some towns do, but they now that now it's like satirical. Like they'll do an effigy of Trump or they'll do it like an nice. effigy of oh, nice. like the Kardashians or something. <laughs> like it's just it's, it's a symbolic. It's a great, uh, br- yeah, it's great. It's yeah. cathartic. But that, but now like most most places, most town displays and a lot of like lo- home dis. Because you either go to like the town display, or you do like have fifty of your friends and family around to your back garden. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you do a bonfire at all, it doesn't not like sometimes it has a guy on it, but normally doesn't. It's just a fire. But it's just, but it's more about the fireworks. It's more about no your dad dangerously setting off fireworks in the back garden without and reading there, the labels properly. Is there any historical accuracy mm, to the to the masks as far as like having the mustache and stuff? Did he at least have... I don't even know what the... Because the mask came from V... For, that look came from V for Vendetta, right? I thought that was Didn't taken it? from what you guys did in your celebrations. I thought that was the I whole, don't know. I'm going to have work. to... All right, uh, we're getting way off science, but yeah, historians... I just didn't... I mean, historians in the listenership, because I can't be bothered to Google science. this one now. Uh, and also, I'm sure there are some big Alan Moore fans who are... Amongst our 
Oh yeah. Our listenership. Uh, find out. Yeah. What was what was the timeline on that look? And oh, okay, because wait, uh, okay. he found it. The Wikipedia entry for the mask says um, it describes the historical incident and it's a stylized portrayal of a face with an oversized smile and red cheeks, a wide mustache upturned at both ends, and a thin vertical pointed beard. Designed by illustrator David Lloyd, came to represent broader protest after it was used as a major plot element in the V for Vendetta graphic novel or comic book, whatever. Okay. Because I forgot that was like 35 years ago, so that's why I've it's been a thing that I'd seen it before the movie, and I was like, where have I seen that? So I guess okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure, like in Britain, I could be wrong. They might have changed regulations a bit, but I'm relatively sure, particularly in the run up to the 5th of November, you can just you can go into a large number of shops and as long as you're over 18 you can just buy fireworks like there's no wisconsin's yeah. like that and then the people from minnesota couldn't buy any and so everyone come just all over the border and, and i worked at the fireworks stand one summer do you have to show a wisconsin id or do mm-hmm. they just anyway no, yeah, you can just buy them yeah. if you're in the state so now minnesota's like hey we want in on this so so they made it more lax on the rules with fireworks and they also made it so you can buy alcohol at the liquor store on Sundays now so there's gonna be a lot of trouble in Minnesota this summer what with the um the Sunday Sunday. liquor and the fireworks stands does the 4th of July fall on a Sunday this summer because that would be oh I I don't know I dangerous stuff I don't know but but I mean that was sounds familiar I mean like in, in Wales like what what can you do? Okay, this doesn't have to do with science, but I'm like, what can you do in Wales that you can't do in England that you could just go across the oh, border and do? Oh, Wales without you know? an H. What can you do in Wales? Like, oh, like yeah. Jonas style? Oh, Wait, no, Jonas or Jonah? I was confused. Or Scotland, like what can you Who do Who was there? eaten by the whale? Jonah. Jonah, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop what can you do in Wales? and let you guys do the <laughs> we got to get this back onto science. Well, fireworks are hot. Uh, you know what's bad <laughs> to let get hot? Is it Arctic ice cores? <laughs> Arctic ice cores that, that scientists have collected and stored in freezers so they can track tens or hundreds of thousands of years of Earth's history. Yeah, a few people sent this in. So this is a refrigerator or a freezer, I guess, at the University of Alberta in Edmonton that had a, the world's largest collection of ice cores from the Canadian Arctic. Uh, the so, guys, if, if you're keeping the world's largest collection of, of ice cores, uh, what's like what's an important part of that? Keeping it cold. Yeah, yeah, like below but, below freezing. Ideally. Here's the thing: it didn't it didn't just malfunction to the point that it didn't slowly creep above above zero Celsius. It uh, yeah, it 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 didn't like it. The way in which the freezer failed meant it started to pump heat into the freezer. So it wasn't like just like the power's gone out and it's slowly rising to room temperature. It instantly got. Rat, it got sort of almost ra- instantly raised to a temperature of forty degrees C, hundred, which is one hundred and four degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it sounds which like is, how the beginning of a like a Godzilla movie yeah, or something, right? right? In the like, middle of one of those cores, where the yeah, like, why did we have the hot switch on this freezer? <laughs> like, it was like, a, who put that Actually, there? Wait, I forgot. <laughs> Have you guys seen the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 return? No, it's on I haven't seen any of it yet. The first episode is a movie called Reptilicus, a Danish uh, Godzilla ripoff, where that's what happens. Oh, they have yeah. a piece of Reptilicus in the freezer, and someone leaves the door open. Oh, God. You know what that reminds me of? Those those hot freezers are... Um, <laughs> The 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 washer and dryer units in Europe. That's like you can leave your clothes in there and it becomes a dryer. No. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. So so that fridge is that freezer is just like this freezer is also an oven. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't hit the wrong don't hit the wrong button. David, did you press the cold button (laughs) or the cook button? (laughs) Sorry, I to cut you. Oh, I'm a horrible radio announcer. Continue to have done your job. I mean, it was fine. I think that was perfect tag teaming. Tag teamed. Weirdly, when did this ever happen? It was partly saved by the meddling of a TV crew. Mm -hmm. Normally, when TV people get involved in science and they're like, could you just put this in a different place so that we can get a good shot on it? It's normally awful and gets in the way of the real science being done and is an annoying part of scientists' life and outreach. But a television crew had been documenting the ice core move and had asked that samples be put in a second freezer because the lighting was better. The university complied, storing nearly 90% of the collection in an unaffected freezer, which basically saved it. 
Wow. But the ones they did that did melt lost, uh, one of them was from the penny ice cap on Baffin Island. It lost about a third of its mass, amounting to almost um, 22,000 years of history lost, essentially. While a core from Mount Logan, Canada's tallest mountain, saw 16,000 years melted away. Because these things have um, trapped gases and um, particles that offer a glimpse into atmospheric history on Earth. Well, can they just go get more? I mean, I mean that's what I was thinking. But I mean, I guess it's like time. you're going to all corners of the earth to get. Yeah. To, and they, don't they have to like drill down for like like they have to like have this machine work for years and years and years? Well, they, they didn't mention how mind, long most happens. of these cores are. I don't know how how tall they are. Yeah, I would. I don't know. That's a great question. They have but, to get way down. Sorry, I keep cutting. Yeah, I'm assuming they have to go pretty far <laughs> down. But I know the, the total. They said the, re, the university recently acquired um, dozens of cores that amounted to. About 0.9 miles of ice, but I don't know how long each each core is. Wow, it's like popsicles, gotta. Yeah, I gotta keep those cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was helpful that the TV crew asked them to do what they did. Um, and as as returning to the Arctic to replace the damaged ice cores would be a costly endeavor, the focus is now on regularly monitoring and safeguarding the ice cores that are left. It's by no means a write off from a scientific point of view said Sharp, it's just disappointing to have this happen at all and to have lost some ice that would be of potentially quite a bit of interest. People have to go there and do that. And yeah. then they're like, For we nothing. did, yeah. why, why did we, yeah. You wonder if somebody like tries to just like replace it with Otter Pops. Like, no, that's what they, it still was here. I swear, it was what was, this is from the grape region of the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a purple it year. It was the grape era. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this like multicolors and looks a bit like a spaceship? <laughs> this well, from Bomb Pop Island? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems that between uh, 10 and 6 million years ago was a joke. <laughs> there was a riddle followed closely by a, a bubblegum era I guess geologically speaking the pudding pop era was yeah. the was the great arctic land melt and, and about 10,000 years has just dripped down my sleeve it's really enough because I wasn't quick enough <laughs> I'm just picturing did you ever see the, the Chris Farley sketch uh, where he was this guy who kept fucking up but people kept trusting him with important things like transferring organs for, like, for transplant surgery SNL yeah like every t- every like it was a running gag and they kept being like well, I know he had problems in the past but he's cleaning up his eyes so we're gonna give him this liver to deliver how did I not see that I'm, I'm his number one fan I don't he shows up in like a Hawaiian shirt like wasted and sweaty and he's got a cooler that has like liver wrapped from the grocery store he's like I don't know it's just what they gave me. <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect character so for him. Um, well, we were, we were talking about prehistoric animals being stored in freezers and the like. There were there were a couple of stories, one sent in by Eric Boisvert and one by Julian Alberto, that are about dinosaurs and chickens and the like. Um, so scientists have grown, uh, have made a chicken with grown with a face of a dinosaur. <gasps> so. Uh, this article again it sort of it starts off in a bit of um, goes 65 million years ago an asteroid is believed to have crashed into earth the impact wiped out huge numbers of species including almost all of the dinosaurs one group of dinosaurs managed to survive the disaster this is their story today we know them as birds (laughs) it's like alright I like that scene setting (laughs) I like how you did that the idea that birds evolved from dinosaurs has been around since the 19th century when scientists discovered the fossil of an early bird called Archaeopteryx. It had wings and feathers, but also looked like a dinosaur. More recent fossils look similar. But these early birds don't, didn't look the same as modern ones. In particular, they didn't have beaks. They had snouts like those of their dinosaur ancestors. To understand how one changed into the other, a team has been tampering with the molecular processes that make up a beak in chickens. By doing so, they have managed to create a chicken embryo with a dinosaur-like snout and palate, similar to that of small feathered dinosaurs like Velociraptor. The results are published in the journal Evolution. The team's aim was to understand how the bird's beak evolved because the beak is such a vital part of bird anatomy. It has been crucial for their success. So, what's your favorite bird part, guys? I mean, that beak's in my top five, definitely. I don't like the beak that like much, the beak. actually. Yeah. It's the, the most scary maybe. part, but it is what kind of makes them a bird there we go. that and flying. I guess, yeah, wings might be a big part Feathers. of the birdness. But, yeah. but the beak is scary. Do you know there's a horror movie called Beaks? 
No. Yeah, it's really bad. But, is, it, um, is it like a sort of ripoff of Hitchcock's Birds? birds? <laughs> I couldn't make it all the way it's through. It's the sequel. <laughs> I'm looking it up. It's more specialized. IMDb gives it 4.4 <laughs> out of 10 stars. That's not very good. Uh, Beaks colon the movie, 1987. <laughs> I, Unless it's just about a guy called James Beaks right. who murders people. <laughs> it's James Vanderbeeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But, but no, the beak is real scary and um, like... When I look at a bird's beak, the nose part is actually the scariest part. And also, we had, we raised chickens, so the way the tongue attaches in the beak is really crazy. Like, I was like, if that, if only that chicken's tongue wasn't so attached, like, it was so s- strange and, like, I, I, it just looked very uncomfortable. But I was like, I bet that bird could talk, like... Maybe it has parrots. the ability. It's just choosing Maybe not to. Parrots tongues aren't attached that way. I don't um, know. I've never just, looked in a parrot's huh. mouth. Uh, just a note, a historical footnote: flamingo tongues were a delicacy in Rome. Wow, really? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought flamingos were indigenous yeah. to Rome. It's like the opposite of Native Americans. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they use just the tongue of the animal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, flamingo. <laughs> Can live it didn't kill them either. That's talking. the weird part. Yeah, <laughs> they would yeah. still. That's the thing. Romans always thought flamingos were just a bit too chatty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach them. See, and they would delicious. try to eat just one leg, and then the flamingos would hide that leg. Uh, <laughs> so, by the by, the way, thank you, uh, Sean Ro- Robertson, as well, for sending the ice core story. Um, but yeah, they, this team didn't set out to create a dino chicken, says lead authors sure. Bart and Jambula of Yale. And Arkat Ab- Absinov of Harvard. Oh, Yale-Harvard collaboration. When, whenever you examine an important evolutionary transformation, you want to learn the underlying mechanism. The beak is also part of the avian skeleton that has diversified the most extensively and most radically. Uh, despite this diversity, ranging from flamingos to pelicans, v- yeah, wildly varying beaks there, uh, very little work has been done to figure out what the heck a beak actually is. They say, I wanted to know what the beak was was skeletally, uh, functionally, and when this major transformation occurred from a normal vertebrae snout to the very unique structures used in birds. So beaks aren't even like bones? They're not anything that we know? Well... They've always been there. They're their own thing. So what what they did, so the team team trawled through changes in the ways genes are expressed in the embryos of chickens and several other animals. They looked at the embryos of mice, emus, alligators, lizards, and turtles, representing many of the major animal groups. They found that birds have a unique cluster of genes related to facial development, which the non-beaked creatures lacked. When they silenced these genes, the beak structure reverted back to its ancestral state. So did the palatal bone in the roof of the mouth. To make this genetic tweak, they isolated the proteins that would have gone on to develop beaks. Then they suppressed them using tiny beads coated with an inhibiting substance. When the skeleton started to develop inside the eggs, these animals had short, rounded bones instead of elongated, fused beaks that the bird, that the bird skeletons have. By affecting this early protein, you're actually altering gene expression. Jeez. You so, know, oh God. Yeah, the shift from snouts to beaks happened well into the evolution of birds uh, around 40 to 50 million years after Archaeopteryx. You can silence a gene. You know that? You know billionaires are just like, silence yeah. this. Get rid of my beak. Get, my kid has the Asperger's gene. And also get rid of my beak. <laughs> yeah, my but kid has you, Asperger's. I mean, you I had know a beak that win. every billionaire is like, <laughs> he's very thorough in his pecking. Genes. <laughs> genes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know they can do that. And they're secretly doing it, probably. Well, this is just the, I mean, but. <laughs> I mean, it's silent. Right. So it if is only, fi- if, if this, this is sort of like the. The uh, gateway to restoring um, endangered species or extinct species, though, isn't this like? Yeah, this, this is. is uh, um, this it was mooted when when the story was sent in that this is a bit Jurassic Parky. Yeah. Uh, Bula and his pl- team have no plans or ethical approval to actually hatch the snouted chickens, but he believes they would have been able to survive just fine. They weren't drastic modifications. They're far less weird than many breeds of chickens developed by chicken hobbyists and breeders. <laughs> I I was not aware that there was yeah. such a thing as a chicken hobbyist. Entire new job. Wow, rocketry. Not chicken rocketry. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken tree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a chicken tree I do kind of like backyard chicken hobbyist. Just, <laughs> just to decompress after a long day at the office. You want to come home and tamper with some <laughs> yeah. chicken genetics. Yeah. Just going to tinker with yeah. a chick. 
DB Honey, I'll come chickens. in when I'm done. Don't bother me in my chicken time. You know, um, chickens are mean. Like we yeah. had, we just had about a dozen chickens and one rooster and for, for eggs, you know. Right. And we got double yokers every egg because our chickens were out eating grubs. They were in the woods eating anything they wanted to eat. Uh-huh. Is a double yolk that's a better egg because it's more yolk? Two yolks. <laughs> you can't it's argue with two giant. Yolks. It's giant. <laughs> Andy, are you, you not getting a lot of double yolk? Are you not real? Yeah. <laughs> but can I tell you, um, you don't get that in the store, but uh, what we would also get frequently were triple yolks. What? Yeah, I don't know why our chickens are so good. But the, it, but <laughs> another... Is it better? What if you like uh, what, whatever people... Who wants to eat uh, egg whites more? Like weightlifters or something? Or what if you're a person that doesn't want Health all the yolks? Some people. people say that the cholesterol is in the yolk. Oh, yeah. That's why that's they sell is, right? just the egg beaters, like the white or yeah. whatever, the whites, which is really weird. I didn't know you could even do that till I came to California. I was like, you could just buy a carton of egg whites. It's like, Wait, what? a carton? You can just get, get yeah. a carton of egg whites. Pre-separated. You're like, if you... If oh, you mean, you mean like um, like a milk carton, not like a carton of eggs where they have oh, eggs no. that have oh, no yolks? Oh, my God. I bet that chicken that, tree right? guy could Silence do those that. eggs. Silence those cheese. silencing yeah. all the eggs. But, <laughs> Silence but, the yolks. Yeah, but like you can get a carton just egg whites and pour it in so if you're like I'm in, I want a meringue but I'm in a big hurry <laughs> so you can you can just buy egg whites it's crazy called egg beaters no that's fake egg beaters eggs. are sometimes full eggs. the I think egg beaters makes both versions but they have like full eggs that are just like Oh. beaten up, right? Oh, or just, just oh, so you don't have to uh, go you know. through the hassle of cracking. That's yes, a science yeah. right there because I think it's fake eggs, egg beaters. I mean, I don't want to get really? sued by egg beaters, mm. but I can't believe it's not butter. How did you lose your butter? How did you lose all your comedy money? I was sued by egg beaters. <laughs> did you Did you guys know that there was like, do you, do you remember TCBY or is that still around the yogurt yeah, place? Yeah, the country's best yogurt. Did is you know what it used right? to be called? Uh-uh. This can't be yogurt until they got sued by. I can't believe it's yogurt. There were all these like disbelief oh. things in the eighties <laughs> and nineties. I can't believe yogurt it's and not butter, butter, like dairy yeah. products, were very un- hard to believe for a long time. You, you've got to be kidding me, popcorn. I know what. <laughs> Stop yeah. fucking around. What am I eating? It's, yeah. yeah, it's all butter. No one can yogurt. believe the dairy products that people. You are can making. shoot my dog in the head <laughs> if this isn't butter. <laughs> Take my wife. Yeah. <laughs> if this isn't butter, you yeah. can have my first Fucking one. hell, is that cheese? <laughs> There's no other way this yeah. is cheese. Uh, shit a biscuit. <laughs> I mean, those were definitely suggestions in the ad company leading yeah. up to that. Like, after a long yeah. weekend of rejection, it's, they're like, bitch, please. The you want? Yeah, yeah. Bitch, please. <laughs> The last episode of bitch, Mad Men. Please, this ain't cheese. That's the motto. Bitch, please, this ain't cheese. <laughs> That's an ad campaign right there. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! In your accent as well, Mary. Like get a full. Yeah. It's always dairy too. Our, it's the, always dairy. Yeah, the Minnesota Wisconsin accent would be more like, no, this can't be. You're saying this can't be cheese. <laughs> No. Wait, if you're from there, why no. do you have to make a no. different accent? No, it's too- I can't hear it, so I have to exaggerate it for my own cool. No, it's a two-person pro. It's you say that part. No, it. There's no stinking way this could be cheese. I'm telling you, Doreen, it's cheese. <laughs> And that's the product. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's a two, two, two perspective. They get divorced. <laughs> they, they go to a marriage counselor yeah. who very patiently explains. Yeah. Yeah. And then the it's just called counselor. not cheese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is it Good not? Trick. The courts, Wait, is man. it not? Like, or it, it is, and you can't believe it, or it's not, and you can't believe yeah. it's not. Wait, which? what, what no. is the thing? So the original product isn't butter. <laughs> It's but not. it's so close to butter in taste and appearance that you would you would be astonished to learn right. that it isn't that. I but I can't believe it's yogurt and this can't be yogurt are both yogurts that taste too good to be yogurt. Yeah, so it's actually named the wrong way around. Because <laughs> you're used to yogurt being a bad thing, I guess, is what that oh. is. Like, you think yeah. it must be ice cream because it tastes so good? And you're like, I you're telling me this shit. I can't believe this is shit. This is yogurt? That's basically what they're saying. So the idea is, like, it's designed for people who normally hate, hate yogurt. 
Uh, but they're I love like cheese, but love butter. Yogurt well, tastes like shit, but this is good. Right, right. But there was also a time in, where ice cream was the king, right? And and yogurt That's didn't even you, really come yeah. around until thirty years ago. So they had to, there was a big convincing campaign that they had right. to undertake. And and then I don't think it's even any better for you, right? Like it's still tons of sugar and everything. Like There's what's the tons thing of sugar? And then yeah. I saw the, they go and they put all these toppings. I don't even go into those places. Like there's just like rows of toppings, and then you you oh. charge they charge you five dollars a topping. Well, you gotta you gotta you gotta think about whether the toppings you're put on because yeah, it's all by weight, and some of those toppings weigh yeah. a lot, and they aren't high value items. So you gotta yeah. go with the low weight, yeah. high value, cinnamon. maybe the dried fruits or something. Just put or, cinnamon or on cinnamon. it. Yeah, it's light. Airy. If you start putting in gummy worms, you're, you're yeah. essentially like paying like ten dollars a pound for gummy worms. Or yeah. you just go buy some gummy worms. Yeah, you buy gummy worms and add them yeah. separately. Yeah. I, I go in there and I add. You bring uh, a flat. Uh, <laughs> I add oysters <laughs> and steak. Yeah. That's what yeah, I it's add. like a Vegas because it's like a Vegas buffet. You gotta yeah. get your money's worth. It's, it's, it's like those. It's horrible, but I'm not getting ripped off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what? And I don't even eat meat, so I just throw it away. <laughs> just chuck it. Oh, you're high density yeah, I, yeah right I think it's like those comedy clubs who don't pay for your booze so you bring like a flask of booze and you just yeah. it, you like just come in with your own flask of sprinkles to these <laughs> these I can't believe I'm sure someone has like a carpenter's belt yogurt. with all these yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or a, a fake pouch in a jacket. But if, if anyone works in one of these establishments <laughs> uh, write email us probably signs at gmail.com <laughs> yeah. with what has what, in your opinion, having looked at the stock sheet, has the highest weight to cost ratio? Please email. Yeah, the highest weight to cost to avoid. Yeah. No, no, that's the one you want to add. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, you want to do the the, be- the lowest weight, the h- lowest cost to weight ratio. So, hot yeah. weight. I mean, the wait a second. Yes, that's right. the The lowest cost to rate ratio would be the highest weight to cost ratio. I suddenly can't think anymore, but I'll go with yes on that. Oh okay, yes. Well, while we are on mathematics, we did get a clarification last week uh, from Michael Dyke, who, remember last week, I was I was a bit all over the place when I was talking about stacking cards off a table. Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't quite following what you were, but yeah, this Well, it's person... a, clar- a clarification. Let's make it a bit clearer. Because um, so, we were talking about a math puzzle, and it connected to another math puzzle. And that puzzle is how far can you stack objects like playing cards or books or just or blocks off the edge of a table so you balance one and then you balance another one on top of it oh, another one on top of it and push it out and out and out and the surprising answer is any distance no like there's no distance that you can't get something off a table that's a cantilever uh mm-hmm. but yeah but i i was i was talking about it kind of confusingly firstly it relates to the harmonic series which is this mathematical yeah, sum that's yeah. one plus a half plus a third plus a quarter, but it's actually half of that. The is that divided ten. by two, which is the amount each one, each block can be pushed? I, so I was at by a factor of two, but also. And you were talking about starting with the bottom one being half. I described out, it as like pushing a card out to the edge of a table and then another one, but that's obviously wrong because if you push a card out to the tipping point, then anything you add on top of it is going to topple over. It's the one on the top goes out the furthest. Right. So the one on the top goes out the furthest, so you can push the one on the top out as f- out to the halfway mark, and the one below it can go... Wow. And I'm showing them a picture. Yeah. We, we'll link to this over on the Squarespace, Squarespace Powered... So there's a real formula. Com. There is a formula, and it turns out to be half of a half plus a third plus a quarter plus a, f- uh, plus a fifth, so which is a sum that looks like it might have an upper limit, but it doesn't. It's the overtone series, like the Pythagorean oh, you, overtone series, right? Oh, I think that uh, has more to do with, um, like... I'm looking this up, because I know it does... The, the, the harmonic series is what it's called in mathematics, yeah, but it yeah. does have a connection to music. There's a great... Um, actually, there's a great explanation of this mm-hmm. by Donald Duck. And <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There's a great back Pythagorean theory... Uh, the, the whole theory and... Yeah, back to beak. So, um, and... I used to show the kids in music class because I used to teach music. And it was a great explanation of this same uh, formula that you're talking about. A perfect about. fourth and a perfect fifth, which add up to an octave, aren't those like um, like the geometric mean of each? Like those have to do with more like with like, um, um, what are those uh, rectangles that have the like the, the golden ratio? Golden ratio is, that related is to harmonics almost seven eighths in, in to a, a, a whole. But, but... Uh, yes, it has to do with that. But you know... Yeah, no, she's not wrong. It definitely does relate to this. But okay. but you know what? The the current piano 
it doesn't operate on the the this Pythagorean. It has to be well tempered, um, right? So, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you could only play in one key. So piano is always the same amount out of tune in every key you play it in. So that's why Bach had the well tempered clavier, so he could just play in one um, key. Uh, or, or not have to retune the whole dang, it wasn't a piano, um, clavichord or whatever a, at the time. So, because you, you could only play in one key. So, so if you just cheated them down a little flatter, if you cheated everything a little flatter, you could eventually fake everybody out enough to, to use one piano for every song, or you know what I mean? And you could modulate and do all he this. He was the first one still... to do that. So well-tempered is the one that's never Well, he's never the one who gets quite... credit. So well-tempered means the ones that are... And Best for all keys, but they're always a little bit out of tune because temp- of that. Tempered, right. tempered, yeah, temp- okay. yeah, yeah. You can really notice it on a mandolin. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so for the for the for the little puzzle with um, pushing books off the edge of a table, you actually only need four before you get an entire length off the edge of a table before the top the one top is books. fully off. But then, as you get more, to get more and more lengths, it increases exponentially the number that you need. So. To get a double overhang, to get it twice the length of the table, you need to have 31 layers. To get triple, you need 227. By the time you're getting, like, 10 lengths off the table, you need to have 272,400,601. And this is regardless of the um, length to, to thickness ratio of the books themselves yeah well there'd, there'd be sort of engineering concerns and things like that no, but and I mean, like, a I mean, lot of like, people talk about using michael even mentions using books rather than playing cards because there's slipperiness in there so it'd be harder to do it with but are, are these like are we talking about are we treating these as if they're idealized and they have no thickness or something you no, know the, thic- I mean? it- the thickness is irrelevant to the oh really it's the same it's got to be all the same books Right? Like identical books. Yeah, they have to be identical then, books. Right. But they could be, like you're saying, it could be like three inches long and an inch thick. It's still the same progression no matter what. Oh, their own proportion to yeah, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because that wouldn't affect, because it would still be, its moment would still be from the center. Is there any oh, YouTube right, okay. videos of st- people doing Ooh. this? I'm sure there is. I'm are, sure there are people. Are there YouTube videos of people doing things? Books. I was thinking about how I want to I want to do the thirty one books now, but then I'm like, yeah, just look this books. up on YouTube. There's got to be someone who's done um, backyard. But yeah, it get it adds up so quickly that to if you did it with playing cards, and let's assume there were playing cards that were roughed up a bit so they were low on friction because it'd be harder. But it would also be harder if you want to get um, seven around seven point two seven point three playing card lengths off the edge of the table. You would need to have it the height of the Empire State Building. Wow! And to get Wait, twice, to get how many? I'm sorry, to get how many leaned over? Se- seven and a bit. Wow! To get seven and a bit, and to get double that, to get around fourteen and a bit units, you would need forty-two billion decks of cards, which would be eight hundred forty-nine million meters tall, which is more than twice the distance of the, from the Earth to the Moon. To get it enough is... weight in the anchor to go out, is that yeah. how that is? Essentially, oh, yeah. That one's not on YouTube. So that's going to be. Yeah, I'd say that's that would be way too expensive. Wow. Uh, I would just take gorilla glue and glue them, glue them together. Well, even with even with, uh, you'd also have to make sure you glued the bottom onto the table because oh, yeah, otherwise yeah. it would still yeah. topple it would off. Just slide I would, off. I would glue it and I'd put a C clamp on there. <laughs> Wait, now I'm wondering: Does it even matter if you didn't glue the bottom onto the table? Would the glue between the cards even? I mean, forgetting the glue's weight. Yeah, uh, oh, you know what yeah. I mean. Oh, like, would glue. it still fall at the same? No, forget about that though. Would it still um, fall or not fall the same way it would if they weren't stuck to each other? Yeah, it should do. Yeah, because it, it, the whole point is, the whole point is at any point for an object, the the object's combined center of mass still has to be over the table. Yeah, has to be has to has to not be something topples if its center of mass overhangs its base. Mm-hmm. So, so gluing them together wouldn't help. So you just need to make sure at any point the center of mass is not over the edge of the table. Yeah. So to do this, so yeah, you can have it go out any distance, but the base has to be increasingly fat. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about getting, say, two card lengths off the table, the very bottom card is going to be a tiny bit off the edge, and the one above it is going to be a tiny bit more, and the right. one above it is going to be a tiny bit more. 
And it's going to be tiny increments at first until as you get higher and higher up at the stack, the increments get bigger and bigger. Amazing. Until the... So even until one, the final the final one at the top is fifty percent off, fully fully half off, half on. So, but just one playing card length off the end of the table would be a, a half tall. No, well, one four. playing card is just four. You can do that with just uh, four four uh, cards, but by, or four books. But then by the time you get two, well, then four cards two also, length, right? I yeah, mean, if it's if it works, it works, right? Uh, yeah, it's just fiddlier with cards because they're slippery. fiddlier and slipperier, slipperier, more slippery. Mm. Yes. Well, but there you go. Book stacking. You know what else Balance. is fun to stack? <clears throat> Those rocks that are real flat. Oh, yeah. To find them all in the same shape. That's the most fun I ever have. <laughs> Isn't you've made a big one I've never been able to make them go very high I glue some... those together too <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to it really removes the fun of it that's... I force the zen into it um, <laughs> when you were at school Mary were there did ever, anyone ever try doing like human pyramids or were you banned from that process <laughs> your gluing habits <laughs> uh, yeah no he didn't we weren't we weren't allowed to Touch people. Not in Wisconsin. Too much beer. No, in, yeah, we, in, but they made beer pyramids a lot. So that's yeah. There's a lot of cup, pyra- a lot of cup pyramids and can pyramids. Yeah, yeah I betcha in Menominee where you were, there was tons of beer pyramids. Menominee. He grew up in a town called Menominee. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, Menominee. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. Well, there's another mathematics solving problems story that was sent in. By amongst others, apologies if you also sent this in, but I've seen the version that Aaron Minish sent in. Said, "Hey guys, my husband and I like to disagree on how laces should be tied to avoid coming undone. Luckily, the boffins have cracked it for us. I like the word boffin. It's a great word. <laughs> I don't just, know what it means, but I like it. It's yeah. just a generic word for anyone doing anything smart. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is, is it when you say you don't know what it means? You actually mean you've I never heard the word. No, I've heard the never word, but I guess it. I never thought about what it. Uh, it's it's a very tabloid newspaper way of describing." Like, the boffins over at NASA have made yeah, another yeah. rocket, it's... or the boffins in the lab have cracked why frogs jump. Or B U F F B O B O double F I N. Is it basically as as uh, dismissive as egghead sort of? Yeah, kinda. Yeah. This is this a British can... word. I say it's this... a, I say it's slightly less derogatory okay. or slight slightly less pejorative, but. Is this from Britain or is this from here? Boffin is definitely used in Britain, but I don't know whether it originated there. I don't think it's commonplace here. If anybody's using it here, it's probably like a high schooler who's just recently discovered Monty Python and just wants oh, to like... yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, but, I like it. I, I would like to use that yeah. word if that's all right with you. You can, by all means, you have my blessing. Thank you. <laughs> there, there is a thing just... And it's very much a characteristic of British tabloid journalism. I can't remember what it was that we were reading the other day, but I was, I was at home and... My girlfriend pointed out some article where it just sort of switched between various different euphemisms. Something that tabloid journalism in Britain generally has a rule of not using the same descriptor more than once. Yeah. So if it's if it's writing an article about comedian, it'll say comedian in the first paragraph, but then it'll say or, funny man yeah. is a go-to or, <laughs> or the jokester. This yeah. jester. Yeah. Of, and yeah, it, yeah variety it, do that too because variety has all those dumb words for like you know you lens something or helm something. Yeah. And like a comedy's yeah. a laugher. Or, the quip slinger. Yeah. <laughs> the flaxen head quip slinger. <laughs> But yeah, TV funny man is a very common TV, British yeah, tabloidese. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this article um, sent in by multiple listeners, like you said, they use a slow motion camera and a series of experiments. At, this is mechanical engineers at UC Berkeley. And they found that shoelace knot failure happens in a matter of seconds triggered by a complex interaction of forces. Lead researcher Christopher Daly Diamond said, when you talk about, that's a great last name, Daly hyphen Diamond. I love it. Yeah. Um, when you talk about, it sounds like diamond. it's just his allowance. Yeah, yeah. get your daily diamonds here at Christopher's daily diamonds. I think we've got all the diamonds. <laughs> we throw them out tomorrow if they don't yeah. buy them. They're always yeah. fresh. <laughs> One thing no one likes is an old diamond <laughs> produced in store daily. <laughs> It's like how you shouldn't uh, eat soup at Wendy, eat chili at Wendy's at like Mondays because it's like all the less rest of the meat from the week. It's yeah. what Daily Diamonds over there. You don't go in there on Sundays. It's shit diamonds. Okay, you know they can make really real diamonds now. 
Well, I think cubic zirconia are perfect diamonds, aren't they? It, are they? I thought the they were a different thing. A mu- I think like they're crystal three carbon. Months ago, three months ago, there was like basically just diamonds that are almost, except for to special scientists, indistinguishable from diamonds that are a million years old. Now, my, my, my learning that could be wrong was cubic, that... Cubic, no, you're wrong. Cubic zirconias are a different thing yeah, from uh, artificial... Diamonds oh. in a lab. Actual yeah, diamonds lab in a lab. I'll, yeah. email, I'll write into the show. I'll find it. it. It's on NPR for sure. But I think they aren't worth as much because they are perfect and an expert would see they're not flawed, right? And yeah, I think there is something like... For, because, because, quite frankly, the value of a diamond is a bullshit thing yeah, created. Like the value of anything, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. Is created for by its scarcity Fucking and it's beers and the Bilderbergs yeah. and the well, it, like the beers. Firstly, yeah. made engagement ring diamonds a thing, and then they also purposely hold back numbers of diamonds and yeah. only release a small amount each year to keep their scarcity to keep the value. But a cubic zirconia isn't made of carbon, so a diamond is a, sorry, is a form sorry, of carbon. Sorry. A cubic zirconia is the cubic crystalline form of zirconium dioxide. Mm-hmm. Uh, the synthesized material is hard, optically flawless, and usually colorless, but can be made in a variety of colors. It should not be confused with zircon, which is zirconium silicate. It's sometimes erroneously called z- cubic zirconium. All right, Wikipedia with its corrections. Mm-hmm. But because of its low-cost durability and close visual likeness to diamond, it has remained the most germ- germologically and economically important competitor for diamonds since commercial productions began. Its main competitor as a synthetic gemstone is a more recently cultivated material, synthetic moissanite. Moissanite? Yeah, which is... scientific term. That is silicon carbide. So yeah, they're both silicon forms, which makes sense because... Uh, oh no, hang on, no, they're not both silicon uh, forms. Zirconium is. One zirconium. How did you guys get interested in doing a science podcast? Um, we both, I have an electrical engineering degree, Matt has a math degree, and uh, five years, five and a half years ago, by the way, we can't let our fifth anniversary come and go without any pomp and circumstance, we should have done something, but, um. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Well, thank you, yeah, it's it's, it's too late now. Has it happened already? Yeah, January, (laughs) January this year. Happy birthday, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt's, I think Matt saw, I know Matt saw me on stage, and he saw Brooks Wheeler on stage, and we were talking about our wasted uh engineering degrees and he was like we should do something Uh, i'd already had the idea bubbling for a while and then i suddenly in the space of a week went from knowing no comedians with a science background to (laughs) two so these shoelaces okay shoelaces yes that's so yeah christopher daily diamond that's how we ended up on this when you talk about (laughs) not his structures if you can start to understand the shoelace then you can apply it to other things like dna or microstructures that fail under dynamic forces. This is the first step towards understanding why certain knots are better than others, which no one has really done. No so, one's done that? I, I don't know. Do it's that, weird yeah. because I know there is a lot of... That, not theories. Ma- not, yeah, not theory is a branch of topology, which is a branch of mathematics. And there was this thing a few years ago, which we covered on the show, about discovering new ways to tie ties. Because, again, there's... Yeah, there are formulae the mathematicians have calculated as to what makes knots and what what looks certain ways and so they've once you do that you generalize it and you can discover other ways mathematically but the study this study began with co-author and graduate student christine Gregg lacing up a pair of running shoes and jogging on a treadmill while a colleague filmed what happened next with these high-speed cameras they found that when running your foot strikes the ground at seven times the force of gravity Responding to that force, the knot stretches and then relaxes. As the knot loosens, the swinging leg applies an inertial force on the free ends of the laces, leading to rapid unraveling in as little as two strides. So what is, it's, in as little, what do they mean? Like every two steps? Your yeah, because I, I like, that, don't come undone every two steps. Yeah, so I, I don't know why that sort of depending on the inertia at the end of the uh, end of the shoelace. I guess it does mean that once once that process has fully started, once it's loosened enough, so it is sort of doing what's happening when you're untying a knot. It's it's first loosening the middle actually knotted bit by pulling on it a bit to loosen it. And then it's effectively pulling on the free ends the way you untie shoelaces, but just with the force of the movement, it's just whipping the shoelace and pulling it through inertia. What if you have exceptionally small ends of your shoelace? Because then the inertia won't That would make a difference. I'm sure that would make a difference. The longer the free end, the... More the, sense. Gravity. The more it can whip. Just like a, a, a when you're ice skating, you go. Re- if you get like ten kids, 
whipping around. You go really fast at the end. Yeah. But if you only have two kids, you're just like, this did is you boring. Do, did you do Crack the Whip a lot as a kid? Yeah. You had like such a Midwestern. <laughs> is, is Crack the Whip basically spinning your friends around and then letting the end guy run up full off? Yeah. Or just having a train of people that are connected by hands you and like uh, on the ice. You can't even hold on. Yeah. The, the person at the end just ends up getting It's going slurry. ludicrously quick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's we, a thing we never did. My parents would just talk about growing up in the 50s and doing oh, it. Yeah, and, we did it. All. We did it with the snowmobile too. And a saucer <laughs> sled. Oh, I know. We got a 50 foot rope and we go out on the lake and then we put the saucer sled at the end of it and you whip, you, you get the snowmobile going around just like a tight little circle as tight as you can, your turning radius will go. And then that 50 foot of rope, if you're out there, you can't yeah. even hang on. It's, it's yeah. so, so fast. One time I just slid right off and I had on slippery, slippery snowsuit. I slid at least 200 yards over the frozen <laughs> lake just on on my own body. It was amazing. We like, would do I, that on, on, I was on so bruised. unfrozen frozen <laughs> lakes, aka lakes, because it's water and it's safe, but that sounds like everybody could break their necks all the yeah, time. Yeah, you could get injured. <laughs> and then there's like old ice fishing holes, so it's like really bumpy. You'd go over one, and, you, and that's probably why I have three slip discs in my back right now. <laughs> It's crack the snowmobile whip when there's uh, ice holes. Well, maybe we'll contribute towards your back rehab with some of the money that our kind donors to the show have yes. sent into the. They've clicked on the donation button on the Squarespace Power Probably Science.com website. We have one off donations from um, someone who's named themselves LeBron James. I don't. LeBron James oh, listens and donates. Nolan Ryan listens and donates. We've got high power listeners. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, LeBron. Thank you, Svonimir Kroons, who was uh, both donating this week and also one of our math puzzle solvers last week. Thank you, man. Um, and then David Maxwell as well for your generous one-off donation. That was very kind of you, Matt. Uh, thanks, David. And then one-off donations have come through from John Clarici. Or monthly. Monthly donations, rather. Uh, John, uh, Peter Long, um... Caroline Laco, thank you so much. David Worths, Destruction Lane. By the way, I found him on Instagram. He's got a real name. Should I give the first name? Or I don't did, know. I, do you guys want to hear Destruction Lane's first name? Sure. It's Gus. I'm out of you, Gus. I know hey, you're Gus. a drummer. You're a drummer named Gus. <laughs> drummer named Gus. Donating. Now you can have everything you need to track, track down Destruction yeah. Lane. You Paul Freeland, thank bikes. you for your monthly donation. And also thank you so much, Justin Broad, who is uh, both a donor to the show, very generous, and a very generous donor of uh, stories, too. Uh, you can also find our Amazon shopping link mm-hmm. on the website. What? If you're buying anything through Amazon, we get a kickback if you go through that link first. It costs you no extra. And also, you can spread the word, tell people, write nice things about us on iTunes, give us nice ratings. We really appreciate that. Subscribe if you're not already subscribing. What can I buy from anything. you guys on Amazon? I have an online shopping hobby. Well, Click on our link and then do your regular shopping. Do and we'll get a little if you buy percentage. A, if a you buy percentage. anything on Amazon but going through our link first, then we... Are you guys doctors without borders? <laughs> Is that where we are? We are, yeah. Are you yeah. masquerading as a I, science I, I, We weren't podcast? supposed to say it on the podcast, but yes, that, Matt and I are the Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. We're the only two who I don't bet, have borders. I bet if Le- LeBron James was like, if these guys make it five years, I'm going to start yeah. donating. <laughs> he's been this like the whole time, but he's like, I'm not going to... That is the coolest What else? If you were imagining you're on the road... Those guys are on the road all the time oh, in the that's air. That's why they always podcasts. have headphones on. Podcasts. Yeah. They're always listening to podcasts. It was it was what would seem like a generous donation until you were aware of LeBron James's salary. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. you, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> you're trifling. <laughs> trolling you. <laughs> the mere shrapnel from your pocket. <laughs> oh, man. I've, I've, I've learned a lot on this podcast, and I, I maybe someday... Can we come back? Yeah, I think so. For yes, sure. I we learned a lot about you as well, but where can our listeners learn even more about you? Where can they find you and your work and your future gigs? This is so great. Um, well, I've been losing a lot of Twitter friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe I could like Let's get, get back, back some of the ones I lost today yeah. by being on here. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Mary Mac Comedy, M-A-R-Y-M-A-C-K comedy uh, on Twitter and on my website is just that. So that's what I'm working on, just getting more friends and making up for um, what, what did you do? my opinions. What, was, what happened right before all these friends left? Mm, Donald Trump got elected oh. and I didn't agree with that as a woman who doesn't like to get raped. <laughs> so um, 
Good night. Uh, Thank hey, you for listening. Thanks for having us, guys. No, I'm just well, You know our listeners yeah. are big Trumpies, big Trumpets. Uh, you're yeah. going to have a lot of hate mail from this. Yeah, a lot of people were like, give him a chance. What could happen? Oh, wow. Wow, wow. a lot of stuff happened. It's a yeah. whirlwind we, we need science more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So thank we you for education. doing your part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at, at at Tim Harmston, T I M H A R M S T O N and timharmston.com for we, my tour dates. Well, go and see them both. They yeah. are the funniest. Thanks guys. Soup, we, soup. Way, speaking of science and the current political climate, should we mention that we're probably going to go down to the We could, we're going to try to go down. We don't know how successful it'll be, but we're going to head down to the science march this weekend in LA. I know it's happening in quite a lot of cities across the country. We're going to bring the portable Zoom recorder and maybe try and grab a few people. Wow. This, having said this, we we've been criticized in the past for our follow through. <laughs> well, I think this is doable. If it's just taking a subway to downtown LA, I can make this happen on Saturday. Also, I just realized we could have fun with the former uh, topic and uh, give our location via what three words on Twitter. So follow at Probably Science, and we'll at some point in that day tell you where we are if you want to come say hi if you're a listener. Yeah, the show that would be fun. Can I plug you Tim's plug. Um, Facebook again? Yes. Because I you always interrupt him, and I felt real bad about that. What do you... I, I, oh. I did interrupt you, and, and nobody spells his name right. <laughs> he 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 went on Letterman, they said his name wrong. He what did they say, Harmson? Harrison, but it's Harmston. Harmston. Harm, and then S-T-O-N. H-A-R-M-S-T-O-N, Tim. I'm, I just want you to forgive me for the last oh, four and a half years of marriage. <laughs> we thought we were going to get more into like the marital stuff today. Yeah. It didn't really... Just, just, just on the subject of follow through, there was a, a message we got on Facebook a few days ago from Victoria San of Sani. I'm not sure how you pronounce your last name. Sorry, Victoria. But said nice things about us. A recent, a recent convert to our show. But then... <laughs> she says, I noticed you excitedly exclaiming, this could be big after quite a few stories you covered. And I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but it'd be, you know, but it'd probably be interesting to find some kind of follow up with the best stories we covered in our <laughs> recap episodes. Victoria says, I'm a science student, so I know it takes ages, but I thought I'd give you some, uh, yeah, insight into that. And like, yeah, that is an um, awesome idea. And if, if somebody we, could just remind us of what things we said might be big. If, if, yeah, if there is any story that we did cover that you're like, holy shit, this is great, and I want to find out more about it, and then we didn't, so, uh, drop us a reminder, and we will do our best to track down what's going on there. If uh, any of them have to do with possibly finding life uh, on other planets, that we would definitely follow through on if that happened. So we're definitely listening for that. If that happens, we'll, we'll do a follow up story on that. But uh, yeah, we. We we want to we want to there, it is our intention and you are correct Victoria <laughs> we will try that but yeah uh, thank you so much listeners for listening thank you very so much Tim and Mary for joining us thank hey, you for nice. having us good yeah. luck we'll maybe see you down downtown LA for the science march some of you listeners and we'll see some of you in Bridgetown as well in Portland oh yes uh, it's two, in two weeks May fourth through seventh and we're going to be there Pat Oswalt's there Janine Garofalo all kinds of great people the cast of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Bridgetowncomedy.com for all that info. Bye. Bye.